Shepard was asking for it for three. Well, he felt it, didn't he? He was begging. Oh, what a play by Matt Mitchell. To Watson, sees a lane, takes it underneath. Montana three. This is a clinic. This is Aztec basketball. Aztec Nation, what is up? This is the Aztec Breakdown Podcast. I am Trone. I am joined today by Carly. Carly, I know, you know, I, I, I still have Austin's voice ringing in my head that, that I asked this question, even though we've just been talking for 30 minutes. But how are you doing today? Doing good. It is so refreshing to have Aztec basketball back in our lives. It's back. We so are here. Happy. The season has started. We are. We have video to watch. We have games to break down. Thank you to the two individuals on Facebook who live streamed the game. Got two different angles to watch the game from, both first day and second half. So, yeah, it was. Uh, we are here. The season has started. Very much, very much into it. If you aren't already, uh, please like, follow, subscribe, five star review the show. Um, you can find it on iTunes, on Google on Spotify, on I'm sure other places too that aren't used nearly as much. Those are the big ones that I see in like the, the stats on the back end. So make sure to do that. You can find myself um, at Aztec Breakdown on Twitter, on Instagram, on threads, on Facebook, um, on Blue Sky, all the places. Find at Aztec Breakdown, follow, interact. I love interacting with you guys. So let's keep it up. You can find Carly at Car Car McGee. Uh, you can find Austin at It's Austin Bolton. You can find Kyle at Call Me Kinslow. And you can find Jacob at Aztec Analytics. Shout out to Jacob, who is already on his analytics game. I saw him post something about Jaden Ledee. It was a graph comparing his offensive rebound percentage with his fouls drawn, and he was pretty high in both of them. So shout out to, to Jacob for being on his game already. Um, with that obligatory stuff out of the way, I think that covers it. First, we have a couple announcements. Carly, take it away. Well, as, as people won't be shocked to know, I am very excited for Monday night. There was some confusion between this exhibition game and Monday night's game against Mm -hmm. Cal State Fullerton about which would be the banner night. So obviously it is upcoming Monday, November 6th, uh, rings for all. So if you weren't planning on going to the game or you were on the fence, replica final four rings. So just wanted to call that out to folks to to get there early, as we always encourage during the season. There were uh, some slow starts from a fan uh, crowd perspective last year that Austin and I would periodically complain about. Get there early. They're going to have the ceremony. It's going to be awesome. Mountain West Conference banners. Final four banners. It sounds like it might be those two things, uh, but show up to find out. Uh, and yeah, I love that they're doing the replica rings. I think that is an awesome way to get people excited. They're for every ticket sold. So it's not like you have to fight anyone over it. Although Trone, you may want to mm-hmm. uh, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, see if anyone will grab one and send it to you. Cause I think you deserve one. So yeah, <laughs> it'll be, it'll be a fun night. I, I would not complain. If somebody wanted to send me a replica ring, I am not important enough at all to ask anyone to send me a replica ring. But I mean, if somebody wanted to, you know, I'm not going to turn my nose up at it or anything. Somebody Um, will. Yeah, no, that sounds very cool. Very jealous of the people who get to go to 
watch those banners get raised because that's going to be an awesome experience. Um, so definitely show up to the game if you have tickets. Um, should be should be a very fun night. Can't wait. Aztecs in the pros today. We're just looking at one guy today. Um, today we're talking, we're going, traveling down to Mexico. We're looking at Skylar Spencer who plays for a team. I'm going to try and pronounce this name. I'm going to butcher it because I did not take Spanish in high school, but he plays for a team called the Libertadores de Queretaro or something, uh, something I I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm a gringo. I apologize. It's, I can't help it. I was born this way. Um, he is doing very well down there. He's, he's, I mean, he's by no means a star, but he's doing well. He, he, when I checked, he had played in 26 games, um, a mixture of starting and coming off the bench. So doing a little bit of both, you can find a lot of the games on YouTube. Um, if you type in the team name, which, which I know my pronunciation didn't help at all. So you're going to have to look it up. I'm sorry, (laughs) but you can find a lot of the games on YouTube. The, the, the Mexican league does a really good job of just YouTube is where they broadcast their games. They're all just live streamed. As far as I can tell, it's like the whole league basically, or at least a lot of them. Um, So you can find the games. If you want to go check in on Skylar Spencer, you can do that. Or if you want to watch a live game, you can do that. He is averaging 20 minutes and they play four 10 minute quarters. So, you know, half the game he's averaging 20 minutes. He's averaging five and a half points five and a half rebounds and assist and only one block, which was mildly surprising to me given his, his prowess at San Diego state. Uh, he's shooting 67% from the field and what's mildly surprising, although in the opposite direction, he's been shooting 32% from the free throw line. Eek. And I mean, I know he wasn't great at that at San Diego state, but it seems like it's only gotten worse. I, if I go to the free throw line, I shoot 50%. Right. So I, I, I don't know how he's shooting 32%. I mean, even if I shot worse in an arena, it's like, I would probably still clear 32%. I feel like, um, and I don't practice ever, right. I don't play. So that, that is bad. Hopefully he turns that up, but I just want to shout out Skylar Spencer. He's doing, he's doing awesome stuff down in Mexico. Winston Shepard was also in Mexico for a while, but he wasn't getting any minutes. And recently, uh, he moved to a team in Africa. So, um, just focusing on Skylar Spencer today. That's awesome. Um, no, I, P, so this hashtag Carly, is taking I know. Off. Oh, sorry. <laughs> the hashtag no, oh, is sorry, taking no, off. Aztecs and the pros. It's it's a thing now. You've made it a thing. So yeah. kudos. <laughs> yeah, trying trying to trying to especially on Instagram is where I do most of my Aztecs and the pros stuff because it's just easy for videos. Um, Carly, I know you had an Aztecs and the pros moment earlier, so so take it away. Share it. Ah, yes. Well, I'm glad you mentioned YouTube because as I posted earlier today, I was able in the background of my work from home day, watch a little Matt Bradley, which he was looking great. The team lost, but it was really fun just to stumble upon. I think he posted the game uh, was coming up. It just happened to catch my eye that it was 15 minutes from when I was looking at his Instagram. Um, I posted on Twitter the link to the site that streams all his games. Uh, His next game's coming up, I think, November 8th. But really easy access, like you said, about the Mexican League. Uh, the German League seems to have this similar setup. It's, it's a cool static stream, so you really get to see kind of what's going on in the arena. Um, 
the uh, German cheerleaders really entertaining. I think they watched some YouTube videos of how to be cheerleaders. It was really funny. It, it was very cute. They did a great job. Um, but yeah, Matt looked good and uh, hit a couple threes in a row. His team was trailing quite a bit. So that brought him back in the game and just fun to to see him. It, when you mentioned the, the, the 32% free throw shooting stat, I'm curious if anyone ever touches on this when they get a chance to talk to these guys. Like, I really wonder in some of these leagues, like what's the rigor of training compared to like what you do at a high level D1 college school? Because obviously they're getting paid. So mm -hmm. you would assume with that comes, but I, I really do wonder sometimes if it's, I'll tell you, Matt Bradley's team was not playing Aztec defense today. So yeah. Um, yeah. It was more akin to a G League game, which you would expect anyway. There was a lot of shot hunting. There was a lot, you know, a little bit of ball hogging on not his part, other people's part. I thought he was open a few times when he should have gotten the ball. But anyways, uh, super interesting to keep an eye on these guys. Like I said earlier, I've even seen the uh, San Diego State men's basketball account tag, use your hashtag Aztec in front of pros. So we're on to something. People mm -hmm. like it. Let's keep those links flowing um, yeah. and, and shout out the games that we see coming up. Yeah, Matt Matt Bradley, his his team from what I've seen runs through uh former Aztec rival uh Derek Alston Jr. is on that same team. Um, he did not have a good game like today. He's kind of the <laughs> he's, he's kind of the focus of the offense in the games that I've seen. So, um a lot of lot of other Mountain West guys for you know, if anybody's interested in that too playing playing overseas as well, but yeah. That's that's Aztecs and the pros. I feel like I was going to say something else, and I don't remember what it was. Probably wasn't very important. And you know what? That's okay because we have actual current basketball in the United States to talk about, in, in San Diego specifically, because a couple nights ago, as we're recording this, was the exhibition against California State University San Marcos, the Cougars, and... I just want to talk about the game really quickly. Uh, you know, uh, uh, this isn't news to probably anybody who's listening, but the game started off very slowly. I think it took six or seven minutes for the Aztecs to get a lead in the game. Uh, San Marcos came out kind of hot and the Aztecs were bombing away threes and, and missing threes pretty much for the most part. It, it sounded very much like how Ziegler described uh, the secret scrimmage against Arizona State, right? Just not nearly as bad because the Aztecs took the lead with 13 minutes left or whatever in the first half, as opposed to being down 20 at the half, like he said they were in the, in the secret scrimmage. So a lot better from from that point of view, which makes sense because it is a, a D2 opponent. Um, the Aztecs ended up winning 81 to 50, so no surprise there. Looking at the box score really quick, Lamont Butler led the team in plus minus and plus minus for a single game uh, is very iffy at, at best. There's just a lot of noise with single game plus minus, but it's, it's, I, I like to look at the leader and like the lowest player. I feel like those two, you can take a little bit more out of than, than anybody else in the middle. And Lamont Butler was plus 24, despite uh, having not like, the best game elsewhere. He only scored seven points. He only had one assist and he had three turnovers. So like, if you look at that, it's not looking great, but he was plus 24. So he was doing a lot of other things to help the team out. 
um, which is which is cool. I think for me and and, and Carly, I want to get I want to get your thoughts on this too. Um, and this might be cliche isn't the right word, but maybe like overused or whatever. But uh, the the player I was most impressed by overall was Jaden Ladee, which is kind of weird to say, right? Because he's, I've been hyping him up as the best player on the team and it's like, Oh, okay. He's the best player. So sure. He played the best, but like he, even despite that, I feel like he surpassed my expectations. And, and once again, you have to, you have to note this is a D two team and they were outclassed in terms of size and athleticism. And that's, that's no hate on them. They're, they're a solid D two team, but they just, they were out of their depth and that's, and that's okay. But Ladie had 20 points. He had eight rebounds and my favorite stat of the night, he drew 11 fouls uh, from Cougar players. And that is one of my favorite parts about his game is his aggression and his physicality and his ability to draw fouls. I think that's going to be important this year, given the, the, the worries of like lack of depth at the center position and Jaden Ladee just being a little bit small for like a center anyways, um, if he can draw fouls on guys and kind of equalize that out, get an opponent starting center in foul trouble, that can that can help a lot. So that was that was my biggest takeaway. Um, we can go into a couple others, but Carly, I wanted to to get your opinion. I know you were watching at home. What did you think of the game? Yeah, I mean, firstly, just the fact that we had a game to watch was great. I won't comment on the fact mm-hmm. that we had to watch it on Austin's iPad because our screen mirroring wouldn't work. So we had quite the setup going with the live stat streaming, mm-hmm. the iPad streaming. We had Keyshawn Johnson's exhibition game at Arizona up on one other TV. And then we had a dual screen, like the Lions game and the World Series game. It was chaos, <laughs> chaos. Wow. Um, but, you know, obviously Dedication. for us, Aztec basketball was the focus. And it was interesting. I mean, Austin was super nervous. He was really like, as the game was going, he was like ready for it. He was kind of antsy. I have this whole different take on this season. And it's because I can look back at last season. And that was the first season in a long time where I really got to go to a ton of games in person. And mm-hmm. um, they're going to figure it out. And I like wasn't worried about the slow start, et cetera. I, I was just happy to see him playing. And as we talk a little bit later today, it's changed my perspective on the whole season, non-conference, conference, whatever. So uh, I totally agree, though. Jaden was the guy that I drafted to my all-star Aztecs team, my all-time team, preemptively based on what mm-hmm. I think he can do this mm-hmm. season. And so you're right. Like, he did what we expected. And that's what we want. Because I think last year he was so, so hyped um, that when he came out and was still trying to find his footing within this this program, the system – people might've felt a little underwhelmed early in the year and that's not what's going to happen this year. So uh, it was great to see. It was great to see him hit a couple of threes because that versatility is going to be what spreads the floor. And yeah, I I totally agree. Um, Not a unique take, but the miles and miles, like that was so fun to see some of those young guys, Elijah Saunders too, who I think had a quiet game, Um, but when you look at it on paper was exactly where we want him to trend. So, uh, but miles Heidi, I mean, come on. Like, I think people were really worried about losing Nathan. It's going to be a pain point during some games this season, but miles looks way more ready than I expected him to. And I'm excited about that. Yeah. Yeah. 
Heidi, Heidi looked good. Bird looked really good. A lot of people commenting about how great he looked. Um, I, I kind of have like the opposite worry. I was like, he, he did look great. Absolutely. I'm not, I'm not disputing that. I, I worry that people are building up their expectations a little bit too much. I think it's easy to focus on the highlights and ignore the things that didn't go so well. And, and I do that. I am very much like, not just in basketball, but just in with people in general, I very much want to focus on what you can do versus what you can't do. Right. I feel like it's just a healthier way to live life. Um, and if I'm, if I'm building a roster and building a, a playbook or whatever, that's what I'm going to do. I'm gonna, what can you do as opposed to like, what do I not want you to do? Um, but that being said, that doesn't mean like what you can't do or what you're still learning how to do isn't important. Um, so I bird's going to be a star and, and it very well could be this year. Um, but I, I, for myself, I'm trying to temper myself just a little bit, just everybody's at a 10 and I'm like, I want to be a 9.8 is where I'm going to be. Um, so yeah, so, so that's where I am on that. I loved Austin's name of the law firm for those two. Yeah. Uh, If people haven't waited, we'll get some more names. We Mm got to vote or something. We got to do a poll. We can get some more names. I I saw somebody else said just Eminem and I I was like, that's, I like that too. I like that too. Um, so we can we can try and get the nickname train rolling on that one. Um, it's it's definitely early, but I am on I am on something watch. I can't think of the word, but but I, I guess like cold takes exposed or whatever hot takes exposed watch um, because a couple episodes ago I was talking with Austin and and about, you know, where should Liddy play? Is he a four or a five? And he played a lot of four last night and he looked a lot better than I thought he would. Um, so I might be, I might be about to take the L on that one, which I am happy to do. Right. If, if Ladi is through the two, through the two games, he's been averaging 19 and a half points and 10 and a half rebounds. And, and if, if that's what me being wrong looks like, we'll take it. I'm okay with that. <laughs> we're, we're okay with that. Um, so there's that, the, the one other player I wanted to highlight, um, in, in a much smaller role, but I, have been hearing a lot of things and practices and stuff about Demarche Johnson. And, and it was not encouraging to say the least, the things that I've, I've just been hearing through the grapevine. Um, and I, I was encouraged by, by what I, I saw from Demarche. It wasn't anything, anything major. He did have the one, uh, he had the, and one play where he ran down the floor. And, and I think, I don't remember if it was a lob or not, but he, he finished through contact. Um, he did go three of seven from the free throw line. That's problematic. Um, but he scored nine points. He was plus 13 in the box score, right? Drew a couple fouls, got a couple rebounds. The The biggest thing I was happy to see was I felt like the, the Aztecs surprised me with how much they switched one through five, even with the freshman on the floor. And I thought DeMarche was the best at that. Right. And that's, he's not Nathan. Nobody is. It's not his fault, but I thought I like when they switched, I thought he was, he was mildly better than Heidi at the switches. I thought he was mildly better than Ladie at the switches. So that was encouraging. It, it, I came out of that game thinking maybe he could get eight to 10 minutes a game, um, which helps to allow a big part of my reason for Ladie playing at the five was that there's nobody else 
who can do it basically, except for Heidi a little bit maybe. Um, and it looks like Heidi can play it a little bit and maybe DeMarche can play it a little bit too, you know, three or four minutes a half maybe. Um, yeah. So I, I, I found that very encouraging and it lets Lady play that four role for sure. Totally agree. I mean, I think the worry was that regardless of how productive he was, that DeMarche was going to have to play some. And there's this like that opens us up to him being a liability, but he, I, I agree with mm-hmm. you. He pleasantly surprised me. Um, you know, the switches for sure. I think it, the one thing that's been consistent about him f- this whole time for, you know, multiple years now is his athleticism. You know, if we can tap into that, even if he's got an ugly free throw shot, um, that will help us. So, um, you know, size has been something that I've been worried about with this team. And so that was good to see. Um, can I say something about Lamont too? Absolutely. I, I just, we always say things about Lamont on the true. show. He deserves it. No, <laughs> you know, it's funny. Like I, I saw some people posting some pros and cons from the game and this idea that like a quiet game from Lamont is concerning. And I, I kind of chuckled to myself because no, to me, it's like Mm-mm. Lamont Butler is exactly who he is. And he showed up as that guy last night. He's unselfish. He is a facilitator. He, I think, actually showed some notable from the iPad screen leadership in the way he was interacting with his with his teammates, um, you know. And when the moment came and he went coast to coast and like just dominated and like with his first points of the game, I was like, mm-hmm. "That's that's the guy." Like he's not going to be a different guy this year. He's not going to be like this flashy, constant scorer. We don't want him to be that. Like he is the clutch guy. He is the leader. And like, I'm totally fine with the game that he had last night. And I just wanted to put that out of the universe. No, absolutely. And I'm super, I'm super happy you mentioned that because I, it goes back. Another discussion I had with Austin was about Lamont Butler and people are attaching this, this all American tag to him, which, which he's capable of doing. I'm not saying he's not, but I think, if you're expecting Lamont to be an all American, I think there's, there's a side, like a subconscious aspect that goes with that. Like you're picturing him putting up like averaging 17 and five, probably right. Like 17 points and five assists, probably if not more to get that tag, right? Like you got to put up some serious numbers to get an all American label. And so if you're coming into the season expecting 17 and five, as an average for the season. And then against division two competition, he puts up seven and one. That would be concerning. Right. And that's, I, I do worry that, that people have built up this expectation. Whereas like you said, he's, he's the guy he is. And, and his numbers will probably be better than last year to a certain extent. I 17 and five might be pushing it. Right. But we could, we could easily see 12 or 13 and four or something like that. Right. And that's still a huge improvement um, with maybe not being like that super, super elite offensive player, but that's that he's, he still led the team in plus minus, right. Which means he's doing all sorts of other things that don't show up in the box score. Uh, whether it's defense, whether it's, you know, other things, getting guys organized, getting in the right place, whatever it might be. He's, he's doing a lot of stuff there. Uh, one, one thing I did want to ask in terms of concern since, since we're on it, are you concerned that the team shot 28% from the three point arc? I don't love it. (laughs) Um, You know, 
I think I'm with you though. And it's one game. It's an exhibition game. It's the mm-hmm. first time they've been in a real game scenario. The only part that concerns me, and it's a, a comment coach made, I think in the post game around the guys that press, you know, their own game a little too much instead of letting the game come mm-hmm. to them. Mm-hmm. And it worries me a little bit about Micah. Cause it was something before we knew that he was injured, you know, in the tournament. Yeah. We were talking about that and, you know, he was putting up a lot of shots and there were some moments where they just weren't falling for him. And we saw that again last night, Uh, you know, this idea of the team identity, which we watched developed over an extended period of time last season, like that is going to happen again. So like, I'm not going to call it a concern. It's something to watch. I think with that dynamic, you know, Micah Reese, some of that jumbledness that we talked about when we previewed the wings, somebody's got to emerge from that. And I think until that happens, like these guys are fighting for minutes. They're fighting for potentially a starting spot. We don't know what that starting real starting lineup is going to look like since Trammell was injured and didn't play last night. So mm-hmm. there's question marks. And as long as there are, there's going to be some level of competition in these roles to prove yourself. And I think to me, that's the cause of that. So I don't think it's concerning across the board, but it's the result of maybe some of this dynamic that's early season, you know, easy potential to work it out. Or they just got to make sure it does get worked out. Yeah. What about yeah. you? Are, no, are you I, concerned I, I, or? No, not in the slightest. I, I, the two big culprits, if you look at the two guys who took the most shots, I guess Ladi is in there. He was two for four, which was amazing um we'll see i mean he's not going to shoot 50 percent on the year but we'll see if he shoots 33 35 that would be really cool um besides him the two biggest like shot shot chuckers were micah Parrish and reese waters uh who combined to shoot one of 10 from behind the arc um those are guys that to different extents have proven they can hit those shots, right? Parrish was shooting 40% for most of the season last year. I think it had dipped a little bit before his injury down to like 38 or something. Um, but still that's really good. Um, so not really worried about him. Waters showed it, showed his shot a lot more, not last season, but the season before that he was a really good shooter from behind the arc. And then last year it was gone, but he was a really good mid range shooter. So a little bit finding out what's, what's up with him, but hopefully he can re regain that as well. But um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not worried about it at all. And sometimes guys are just off and well, there, you know, there isn't even necessarily always a reason for it. Right. Totally. And, and on top of all the reasons you gave, right. So yeah, not, not worried about that in the slightest it'll come the spacing is good um saunders hit a three ladie hit two threes uh butler hit a three so it's you know it's gonna come and and they're also it's not one other thing to point out and and i want to do this quickly it's not a brand new offense it's not entirely new but from what i've seen so far there are differences within it right it is mildly different there's been a couple little updates i'm sure some of it will be the same there's still a lot of like uh delay chicago action something that i highlighted on twitter um but even those are a little bit different because last year there was often a guy on the weak side block and the ones i saw last night had nobody in the painted area at all right so there's just little tweaks and it's just going to change things and and guys have to get used to that so um 
yeah, not not concerned in the slightest. Good. Okay, Carly, the main part of the episode here. We're doing some predictions because it's time to do some predictions. We know as much about this team as we can possibly know before the season starts. So let's get into it. I want to break down the season the way the coaches do. Coach Coach Dutcher breaks down the season. He says, like, he calls the non-conference the preseason. And then the conference season is like the actual season. And then the tournament is the postseason. And we're not – actually, you know, we'll do the tournament too, come to think of it. Because okay. why right. not? Why not? We'll, we'll do that too. That we get a full, a full record prediction here. Um, and the, the loser owes the winner something to be determined later is how we will do it. Um, something of what little to no actual same? value. Ha, <laughs> there you go. That way we both win or we both lose. And either way, it's all the same. Even <laughs> um, if the record's the same, we might pick different games though. So we'll see. There you go. There you go. Okay. Um, do you want to start or you want me to start? I'll start. I'll start with okay. non-conference in my prediction. Yeah, start with the non-conference. And this, I, I would like to caveat that I, I'm putting all of this in the attitude of what happened last year, what I'm cool with happening this year, and so I'm not going to worry about it, but I think there's a chance we could go eight and four. And that's my mm-hmm. realistic look at this, this non-conference season. I, we, got, we scheduled tough. I'm proud of it. I'm glad we do it. But um, there are four games, and one of them I could maybe reallocate, but that I think there's a good chance that we could lose so that's that's my that's my overall do you want to do overalls and then break it down by game or do you want me to keep going sure let's let's do that really quickly um because i want i want to point out so this year there are 12 non-conference games two of them are against non-division one opponents and then six of the 12 opponents are in the preseason top 100 for ken palm um, which is really good. A couple of them are right on the edge. You see Irvine's 94, Grand Canyon is 83. Um, but it is looking like a decent schedule if these numbers hold out. I I actually think I'm gonna go nine and three, actually. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Who are who are your four? All right. So my four, and and I'm I'm road heavy. All my losses are road mm-hmm. losses or Makes neutral. Sense. So BYU, tough game. I just am I'm ready for it. If it happens, it's early enough in the season where it's akin to last year. It's akin to Maui. So BYU, St. Mary's, they're looking like they're going to be really good again this year. Mm-hmm. I think Grand Canyon is a landmine. I think there's a good chance that they are going to be able to take it to us. It's their Super Bowl. Uh, and Fair. Gonzaga. Those are my four. You know, Grand Canyon's the one I might waffle on. You know, if anything, like I think for our fans, like if we win, it's going to be a tough game. They are going to give us a punch. And the, that is a tough road environment for anyone who knows anything about Grand Canyon. Austin and I last year went to that little mini tournament where we played St. Mary's in Phoenix. Grand Canyon in North Texas played right after our game. Mm-hmm. The way I obviously it's closer, but the way they showed up to that out of control, that that is going to be a tough road environment for us. So those are my four games. Those, those make sense. I am, I am just now realizing, and you probably have it on your schedule. 
excuse me, but um, I don't have the November 18th game, the one that's after St. Mary's against Washington mm. or Xavier, I think were the opponents. So it's actually, we're actually talking 13 games here um, because, because I think your schedule doesn't have the Point Loma Nazarene one on it. Yep. Right. Yeah. So we'll do it out of 13 games, but you were four. So you're, you're nine and four. I'll take it. Yep. Nine and four. Right. And I that don't would, love that would make it, but I think it's realistic. Ten and three. I a hundred percent. I think that is that is very realistic. Um, my three are are similar, which shouldn't surprise anybody. Uh, Gonzaga on the road. Gonzaga, even if this is a down year for them, they're still a really good team. They're still a really good program. Um, and playing them on the road is not not easy in the slightest. Uh, so that one seems relatively obvious. Uh, BYU gave the Aztecs a tough go of it last year. The Aztecs ended up winning, but this one's going to be in elevation. They also have one of the better home crowds up there in Provo. Um, so that one's going to be tough. And then that like the BYU one is one I could see the Aztecs winning. But I'm okay with predicting it as a loss because if the Aztecs do win, there's a decent chance that like another game that I think the Aztecs should win is dropped because there's usually mm-hmm. at least one that you think they should win that is dropped and it's just the way basketball works. Um, and then St. Mary's, yeah. So so those were my those were my three. I'm I'm a little bit more confident about Grand Canyon. I haven't really looked at their roster, and I, I 100% agree agree with with the points you made. Um, I just think that the the difference in talent will, will hopefully, will hopefully carry the team. Um, but I, I can't say I would be surprised in the slightest if, if they drop that one, because you make great points for sure. When we think back to last season, like I, I am a little jarred sometimes by how many close games we had. <laughs> um, so while I think our maturity experience, et cetera, although we got a you know newer and some younger faces, I think there are still going to be some close games too. Like we're, we're not going to make it easy on ourselves. We never do. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. It's just the way it works. That's, that's part of what makes the sport so great. Okay. Mm-hmm. So those are non-conference predictions. Now we got conference predictions. There's 18 games. Um, and I'll, I'll go, I'll go first on this one. So I'm going 14 and four in the conference last year. They went 15 and three. I think this year will be, a touch just just a barely an iota worse and i think a couple other teams might be just a little bit better so i'm going 14 and 4 what do you think so i flipped i'm i'm back with the 15 and 3 okay. i think this season in the conference is going to look a lot like last year so that mm-hmm. that's but we know these folks you know like i feel mm-hmm. like you know the conference better the coaching staff like i i feel like that could be very similar to what we saw last year. That I mean, games. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll do my games. I I'm thinking back to somebody at some point, maybe it was on a podcast somewhere. Like one of the national people was saying like, there's no way San Diego state finishes better than 13 and five in this conference. And I was like, really Mm, like 13 and five is usually a second place finish. Like there's usually a team that's better than that almost every year. And they, I think they still had the Aztecs first in the conference, but it was just 13 and five. And I was like, that, that 
rarely if ever happens where the first place team is 13 and five. So um, one of those things is going to go either. They're not going to be first if they're 13 and five, or they're going to be better than 13 and five, which we, we both have them at. I'm, I'm going to choose. I think Boise state has been really good lately. Um, They're, in the last five games, they've beaten the Aztecs four times, right? Um, so probably losing probably on the road against Boise. Um, on the road against New Mexico is easy to see, especially considering uh, New Mexico. I think New Mexico is a bad matchup for the Aztecs. And I I am 100% on board with everybody who's like, New Mexico has to show us what they can do. I'm on board with that from the point of view of like, NCAA tournament and like season long success and everything hundred percent. They, they have to show that. And I, I think they will this year, but they have to show that hundred percent, but they came in and obliterated the Aztecs in Viejas last season. And then in the pit, it took a last second buzzer beating shot by Lamont Butler to win that game. Right. And so it, it just seems like they they might their roster construction their their x's and o's something about them they kind of have the aztecs numbered as as much as you can almost like arguably even more than boise state given which is saying something with the with the four out of the last five right so um new mexico worries me they new mexico could sweep san diego state and i wouldn't be surprised i i don't think it'll happen but i wouldn't be surprised so probably drop one to boise probably drop one to new mexico um probably colorado state is gonna be one i think probably like on the road i think uh just isaiah stevens is great and lamont butler is great but isaiah stevens is great i think colorado state might be mildly undervalued by a lot of people nationally um that might be it let's let's do this let's say boise state once Colorado State once and New Mexico twice and make it a little spicy. That's that's what I'm saying. Okay. Well, I definitely agree with your take on New Mexico. Uh, I was really hoping we wouldn't get matched up with them in any capacity last year in the conference tournament. Uh, yeah. We dodged that bullet, thankfully, because you're right. They're just a terrible matchup. They're, if, if anything, they're more talented this year than they were last year. So that's scary. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, again, this conference likes to beat up on itself and New Mexico, the, you know, the second matchup, we ha- get them at home. So the order of playing those games is reversed, which I think is helpful to us. Um, yeah. So I think we will drop one at New Mexico. That's an early game, January 13th. Um, yeah. I think we'll drop one at Boise. Uh, and my other loss that I predicted was at Nevada. And I think it's just that. This idea of these tough teams on the road, that game last year was like my personal nightmare. There was so much that went wrong. There was so much chaos. They are more talented this year, I think, than they were last year. Um, And, you know, I'm confident in what we can do at Viejas. I think that loss to New Mexico at home last year was, I hope, an anomaly. Um, So... Yeah, the, the, this one's a little more optimistic on my end, but definitely good points about that matchup. Uh, the the Mountain West looks strong, and I, I was watching your posts around this idea that, oh, yeah, we'll get three you know teams in the tournament. But then when you look at the numbers, 
this conference looks a little bit better than that. Um, so we, we know how it goes in being undervalued as a, as a conference too, but this could be, it could be tough. It's going to be hard fought. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a deep conference It you know, getting four teams in the tournament would, it's in the realm of possibility. It would be a mild surprise. Um, but even getting three is still compared to, you know, there was a few years where it was just one team. And then for the longest time, it was, it was two teams each year. And then the last couple of years, it's been four and, and getting three would be, would be solid. I think the big thing this year, and there's a lot of season to play, but I think this year has the best chance at, at this juncture. It looks like to like have more than one team advance. Mm-hmm. Because that's also been rare, right? There, there, even in even in the the glory days, if you will, of the Mountain West in like 2012 and 2013, right? They would get multiple teams in. They'd get four or five teams in, and most of them would lose in the first round. Um, I think they I did. Always I bust did a my thing. brackets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm always I did, pro I did, I looked, and They always let me down. I I looked back to to 2013. I think it was a couple weeks ago, and I I counted the mountain West record. And it was the mountain West had like 10 wins in the tournament in those 10 years. And San Diego state was eight of them or something, right? Like the other, the other two was Nevada in 2018 and that was it. So like over the decade, basically nobody makes it past the first round. Um, so I, I think this year between San Diego state, between Boise state and, and maybe New Mexico, if they prove it. And if the matchups are good and everything, this maybe we get a, a a couple teams into the second game or maybe even the sweet 16. So that would be, that would be cool. Um, bringing it back tangent aside, we have the same record so far. We, we, we flipped it non-conference and conference, but we have the same record, um, which is something 24 and seven. seven? Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Math is hard. Um, 24 and seven, which is, which is, a really good record overall. That's, that's really good. Um, last year, the team at that point of the season was 24 and six. Right. Um, and then they, they won a huge slew of games to get that record even more, but they were 24 and six. So we're, we're actually record wise, right about at the same spot, which I hadn't looked at until just now. And now that makes me a little bit worried if this team is supposed to be a little bit worse and the conference is supposed to be a little bit better, but I'm sticking with it. I'm sticking with it. I like it. Uh, Conference tournament, how are you feeling? And I mean, th- this is such a crapshoot, right? Uh, obviously, I was joking earlier about like the we're holding everybody to it or whatever. But what do you think? How do you feel about the conference tournament at this point? So last year was the first time I've ever been to the conference tournament. Mm-hmm. And it was awesome. And I'm going, we're running the table. It's just the Aztecs all the way. I don't know. There's something about it. The way we show up, I think the way that even for folks that don't live locally to San Diego, like Houston was so heartening the, the, the way we showed up. I feel like depending on where we are at the juncture of coming into conference tournament season, mm-hmm. if we are somewhere in the realm of this 24 and seven, I think we're going to show up and own the place just like we always do. Kyle would be proud, you know, take over the Thomas and Mac, maybe for the last time. It sounds like the contract maybe. is up and we might not be having nope. the tournament there anymore, but um, yeah, I'm going, I'm going all the way. Same, same. Nice. I, I, and, and here's the thing, right. On top of just being, you know, 
Homer, whatever. Um, <laughs> Austin would call me that the, immediately right now. <laughs> the only the only teams that have a shot of winning it, you need to be a top five seed. If you're if you're six through eleven, you're not you're not winning it. It's it's just not happening. Most of those teams don't even make it to the semifinal, and the ones that do are so gassed. It doesn't matter, right? Because to win the whole thing, right. you'd have to win four games in four days. It's not a thing. Um, and we see every year the final game is usually two teams that are playing kind of sloppy because they're so gassed because they're playing their third team, their third game in three days. Um, the thing that gives me confidence is is mostly Jaden Ledee as, as well as some other guys as well, whether, whether it's Elijah Saunders, whether it's um, Miles Heidi, uh, the, the changes to the system that should open the paint more up for guys, whether that's Lamont Butler or Trammell or Parrish or whoever. Um, because th- the biggest thing you can notice in the box score is that the three point shooting plummets in that championship game. And every year we see the Aztecs, they play it close in the, in the quarterfinal, but they come out on top right against a team that that played the day before so the other teams in rhythm and the Aztecs aren't but the talent wins out and then in the second game when all the teams are in rhythm the Aztecs dominate this has happened like three years in a row I feel like and then the last game is sloppy um the three-point shooting is more or less non-existent it's it's extremely rare to have a team shoot better than like 30 percent in the final so if you can dominate inside both offensively and defensively you have a good shot. And that is something that Jaden Ledee can do. That is something that to, to lesser extents, um, it, it, I believe the other guys will be able to do at, at least, at least play well, maybe not dominate, but at least play well. The other guys that I mentioned, um, and, and the defense wins out and we have the reigning defensive player of the year on top of some other defensive studs. So that's, that's the reasoning behind, behind that aside from just being Homer, San Diego state fan, whatever. <laughs> no, but I think that's all legitimate. And with Jaden yeah. too, like I imagine his f- foul drawing and free throw shooting to be a factor. And if we win that, that will be it. You know, he is the unsung hero in some ways of that FAU game. You know, there's just those yep. moments that keep us in it, especially when there's fatigue and, you know, adrenaline and all of that. And he has been very, cool calm and collected so i think you're spot on offensive rebounds drawing fouls play defense you'll have a good shot in that game um two more two more quick things since we have we have the same record how boring carly to have the same (laughs) record two more things if if you had to predict if you had to look into your crystal ball how far at this point in the season do you think the aztecs go in the big dance because they won the tournament so we're predicting the big dance how far do they go Oh man, I don't want to answer this. That's I mean, fair. like there is there is no ceiling, right? Like these guys know that they got to a national championship game and they want to do it again. And mm-hmm. they've moved on from that and that's the goal. So I'm going to be coach Dutch and say the goal is to get back to nice. a national championship game. Do it. There you go. <laughs> that is a very encouraging like a and also pick? diplomatic answer. One? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I welcome I welcome it. I've I've been around on, on a couple other shows and people have asked and um I've pretty much been saying like I I because this team is gonna take a, a slight dip overall, um this is gonna this doesn't sound like a slight dip, but I I feel like 
if you were to like do the season 10,000 times or whatever, the most likely outcome would probably be a first round exit. Um, a lot of that is going to depend on matchups and stuff. And if they play really well in the season and get a good seed that changes. Right. Um, but that, that seems most likely, or like a round of 32, I think just based on the talent of the team and I might be underselling it because we haven't seen some of these young guys very much. Um, but it seems like sweet 16 might be kind of like the more realistic ceiling. Um, when everything, falls together just just so right that la last year everything fell together just so in in a lot of different ways i think this this doesn't take away from the guys at all but i don't think you make it to a national championship without a healthy dose of luck it's just yeah no that's fair. how it is right it, it, and it's it's it doesn't it's not meant to take anything away from the guys and all the work they put in and all the all the things that they did to to earn that it's not saying they didn't earn it at all but i just i don't think you do that without, without a little bit of luck. And that luck could be something as simple as, um, you know, getting, getting a ref that's willing to blow the whistle at the end of the Creighton game. Right. Because that on, on Tremel, that was a hundred percent a foul. Right. And I, I think most of the Creighton people I saw online also agreed that it was a foul. They just didn't agree that you should blow the whistle there, which doesn't make sense to me. It's a foul. So you blow the whistle, but that's neither here nor there, right? Like if you don't want to play by the rules, don't play by the rules, but that's, that's not the point, right? The, the point is there would have been other refs that wouldn't have blown that whistle and that game goes into overtime and who knows what happens. Right. Um, right. so it takes a little bit of luck. Um, and so it, 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 you know, first round exit, maybe round of 32 seems the most likely. Um, and that can definitely change as the season goes on and we see what a lot of these guys, what a lot of these guys do. Last one, Carly, more of a, more of a fun one here. How many games or minutes, if you want to approach it that way, how, how long do you think it's going to take before I tweet out that Darian Trammell has that dog in him? Ooh, interesting. <laughs> well, <laughs> it depends on when he starts playing, right? We don't know if he's going to be is, there Monday because it could be Monday. Yep. Um, I think it's going to be the BYU game because he's going to, okay. they're going to make sure he's healthy for that. And yep. he's going to be ready. If he has, if he doesn't play Monday, he's going to be real hungry. And in that game, we need him to be that. So um, yep. that's, that's my prediction. Early season, first go. tough game. Dog is going to come out. Awesome. Cool. <laughs> I like it. Aztec nation. That does it for this one. I'm Trone. She's Carly. I hope everybody has a fantastic rest of your rest of your week. That does it for this one. We'll catch you next time. Go Aztecs. On the floor, it's Butler with two seconds. He's got to put it up. Steel, Darion Trammell will coast in for the layup. Franklin 
Allen with two seconds, forces the shot, it's good! The Aztecs advance! They've won it on the shot by the player of the year! Miller, he put it behind his back, it's taken away by Butler. Love it up! Oh, down! Big finish, Keyshawn Johnson! Now we have tasted it, we're coming back. We're coming back.